Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon, designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the Asterian Aura VR headset stand. I'm Jay Rat, VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for this podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software dev who loves game design in VR. And tonight we have a very special guest, Mateo. Mateo, how about you go ahead and introduce yourselves for our hey, audience? Hey, what's going on? So I'm a VR YouTuber, content creator, general VR enthusiast. I just, you know, like talking about VR, so I'm really happy to be here, guys. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. It was it was absolutely awesome when you said, hey, I want to come on the podcast because, you know, I've followed your channel for quite a while now, so we're excited. And for those of you out there who are listening right now, our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest, greatest VR news, and then we discuss the games we've played recently and other VR concepts that come up from there. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we're really together in one room. So check out the channel if you want to see us and our lovely virtual faces. We got a couple of questions here from our communities. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into them. Yeah, well, Orange asked uh, this question actually a few weeks ago, but I was like, hey, we got Mateo coming up. I think we should save this for him. So Mateo, he says, what do you think VR is going to look like as a whole in the year 2050? 2050? I mean, we're really jumping ahead. I don't even know <laughs> if I'll be here in 2050. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a young spry guy anymore. <laughs> but 2050, we have some serious time for things to development to, to develop. Obviously, technology is going to shrink. Uh, things are going to get, you know, move forward in the normal direction. But with changes in lens, we see very focal coming in the future. Uh, the ability to shrink hardware, we've seen that happen constantly over time. I think you're going to have these super lightweight headsets that give you access to worlds that are so much more photorealistic than we're in right now. Uh, with just a basic increase in everything. I couldn't tell you where the haptics are going to go because I think that's a little bit harder to figure out. Uh, it's it's really hard to emulate, you know, feedback of touching things. And there's a lot of weird experiments out there right now, but I don't know about that. I think we're just going to have, you know, much more realistic worlds, cloud-based computing, that type of stuff. It's it's a tough thing to look 30 years because, I mean, you look back 30 years and 1991, people didn't even hardly have cell phones. You know, it wasn't <laughs> a common thing for people to have that. But yet movies like Back to the Future thought we'd have flying cars in 30 years. So, you know, it's also hard not to overestimate. I still don't think we're going to have flying cars, but I think by 2050, probably no one will be, you know, driving their own car. There'll probably just be cars that pick us up and take us. So I think as far as VR goes, I mean. Is it even going to be glasses? Is Elon going to make the the Neuralink thing actually happen? Are we going? Are we not going to? Are we not going to need haptics because we're going to feel sensations? They're being zapped into our brain. I yeah, have no I have idea. A feeling that there's going to be more than thirty years of lawsuits before we get to there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a long ways to look ahead, but I definitely think even in the next ten years we might see something as simple as you know something that looks like a pair of glasses that has augmented reality helping us through our daily lives instead of our phones, and then there's a way to tap it and it switches you over to VR inside of it you know it it could, it could be cool to see but it depends on you know how many people keep buying in how much money gets fed into the industry and does the whole industry pivot to ar does it all merge into one technology it's it's hard to predict the future yeah but this is exactly what our audience is asking us to do right so so, so just lay out your best prediction and then we'll catch up in 30 years to see who won <laughs> well, I'm, I'm willing to put down five dollars on who's now. the closest <laughs> we're gonna come back and we're all gonna sit down again i'm yeah. down 
<laughs> I won't even remember you guys. Yeah, remind years. me 30 years. <laughs> here with my diaper on. <laughs> Adam, you're you're in the industry. Do you have any any crazy wild predictions you want to throw on there? Oh gosh. I mean, how can you possibly look at 30 years, right? Like 30 years ago was barely the internet. Um yeah. You know, what will VR look like in 30 years? It'll be honestly, I think it'll just be AR at that point. Like it's just going to transform your world um i bet you like ready player one we'll be we'll be we'll be in ready player one <laughs> just all the time <laughs> just completely yeah uh, simulations coming yeah yeah the matrix we'll check, back, check back in 30 years with the podcast here and when we're recording episode 875 uh we'll come back and talk about this again what other questions do we have adam so we had this question from K27. This ad appeared in my Facebook feed. Um, how do you feel about VR as a dating app? And could it ever be as big as some of those other sites? Whew, VR is a dating app. So anyone still actively in the dating scene? <laughs> no, no. I've been married no. 11 years. Yeah, yeah. You see, I've been married quite a bit. And I know Jay's happily married. So we're all kind of separated from this, which allows us to rag on the dating scene as much as we want, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it has definitely changed. The, mm -hmm. You know, the apps now are uh, a lot more hookup-centric. Uh, but, you know, everything in general, how people socialize, you know, levels of communication, so that's all changed. I think Facebook can potentially make like a, a very strong dating app only because of how much information they'll be collecting on their users, Ooh, especially. You don't, even, you don't have to fill out a questionnaire. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah I'll just brilliant. scrape it from your posts. <laughs> yeah. I know. What, like Once they start doing eye tracking, I mean, you'll be scrolling through people, and they'll know who you like before you know. Uh, well, that's your face will dilate, all that stuff. So. <laughs> Watch your eyes linger on a particular person. It's like, yep. bam, you like this person. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, that's going to be wild and also terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. But you see, will it ever be as big as those other sites, right? Like what does being in VR give you a benefit over for a dating site rather than just, you know, they're, swiping on them and then meeting in person? Well, there is this like protective layer where like I would definitely do something much dumber in a VR environment than I would in real life because I feel like there's less consequences. <laughs> you can also just say click, exit, disappear. Um, so like... I, I guess you you feel a little bit more free, but at the same time, you know, you're a little bit more riskier. Mm. There's also less intimacy. <laughs> um, so, like, it, it does change the dynamic. It does offer things you wouldn't get from a typical dating app. Yeah. You know what I could see working really well in VR? So, you know those, like, speed dating places? Imagine speed dating in VR, right? Where, you know, pretty much like you're in VR chat or something and you just go from table to table meeting a bunch of people. And then if you hit it off, you can meet up in real life in your area. Yeah. Talk about honeypots, though. It, <laughs> it knows it knows where you live. So it knows if you're actually within physical dating distance or not. Oh, sure, I, sure. I, I think that this question, the thing about he's kind of talking about like VR as a dance, but I think what's going to happen is instead of having Tinder, it's, it's already happening in just VR chat. You know, you meet someone, you feel like you have a real connection. You feel like you're seeing their gestures and stuff. And yes, they may look like an anime character and you know, not look anything like them, but I've heard of tons of people starting relationships in VR chat and dating from there. So we don't need a Tinder in VR. People are already doing it with VR chat, but then, then comes the question, you know, you've been dating them for two years and you're across the world. Are you actually going to take that relationship to a real life level? You know, people do that. <laughs> 
now. So it's very possible, but I don't know that we need a specific app because I think as people spend more time in these kind of apps where you're just hanging out with people, chilling, talking, it feels very real. It feels very social. They'll just start, oh, they'll jump out of their chairs like I just did. Yeah. They'll get so excited, they'll jump out of their chairs. <laughs> well, they'll but just you know, start that, dating. Yeah, that, that is a good point, though. Like, there's a reason why we do this podcast in VR and put the video out is even with our VR avatars, you get a little bit more from just seeing how they interact in real life, you know, where they looking around, how they're moving their hands. It just adds so much, and you can tell so much more about the person, even through that, you know, digital avatar. But, yep. but even like like any virtual world, like even if you go back to the, you know, the days of WoW, even though tons of people are still playing, you know, World of Warcraft, <laughs> uh, you'd hear about people meeting in, in World of Warcraft and then eventually getting married. You know, they'd have a fake wedding in World of Warcraft then have one in real life. And it's like, you know, any virtual world, if you're in it enough, starts to become your life. Yep. It's your reality. Yeah. And so maybe as VR becomes more popular, it'll become... A little bit more suitable for VR dating, right? But it'll at least become more common. Like even now, you hear about it a lot. Where it used to be like, "What you met someone in a video game? That's that's weird." And now it's like, "Oh, <laughs> that's not that weird to like meet two people and say, oh, we actually met originally online and dated yeah. for about two years online, and then we moved in somewhere together." It's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So by the year 2050, 100, percent we're going to have VR dating, right? <laughs> <laughs> people uh, like, you met in right real life. Now, yeah. <laughs> but maybe right now, I don't think the world is quite ready for it. Maybe in like a year or two, we can have some pretty good VR dating. But right now, eh, I think it's still just a wee bit too early. I'm just thinking uh, <laughs> Demolition Man with Stallone and Sandra Bullock right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting down in virtual reality. Yeah, they're like, you don't do stuff in real life. You know, that's just gross. Ew. <laughs> Ew. You actually touched. Ew. <laughs> Uh, well, we got another question. Rulon SW is talking about a uh, space pirate trainer. So he says, I've heard a lot of people can't find a good abandoned warehouse to play <laughs> space pirate trainer DX in. After playing it yourselves, do you think it does more? Oh, man, I can't even get through this question right now. Do you think it does more to prove the demand for one-to-one spatial tracking solutions or the demand for simulated one-to-one movement like treadmills. And first thing, I got to throw a disclaimer. You should not be playing any VR game in an abandoned warehouse with a headset on your head, not able to see says, what's happening. Says, says you. In the world Easiest around mugging you. ever. Don't listen to him, kids. <laughs> you come out of VR and just all your stuff you have on the ground is just gone. Uh, have you had a chance, Mateo, to play Space Pirate Trainer yet? I actually have not. Um, I had access to it early, and I still never got around to it. Um <laughs> I mean, because there's nowhere near me like mm-hmm. I can go outside. I ha- actually have enough room on my property to play, yeah. but you can't play in sunlight because you'll lose yep. tracking and I don't have proper lighting to play at night. So yep. that hasn't worked. I also have very little free time to set something like that up. Uh, initially, I didn't even realize that you can play, you know, I thought it was just co-location. You both had to be in the same spot, but I didn't realize you can play, you know, over the Internet. Mm-hmm. So that was another reason why I like didn't pursue it uh but like here in my area like people are like oh no go to a park you know a- after uh, the sun goes down and i'm like you know parks are closed here or parks aren't <laughs> lit up here so like for some people it's an option for someone like me it's not very convenient so i really haven't got the try yeah you got to get to that like dusky hour where it's not dark and it's not light and yeah, like, i have it's- no luck it's such it's such a tough thing to pull off uh to answer roland's question uh 
Adam, you got to try a VR treadmill recently. You tried Space Pirate Trainer DX outside. We even tried Zero Latency, where you have like a big warehouse of space that's built for this. What do you think? Do you think people are actually looking for that with an at-home experience? You know, for an at-home experience, I don't think it's going to be real feasible just because of the problems that we are interacting. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about the problems that you're having saying that, Mateo. Jay and I were barely able to try it out, but we went to pretty absurd lengths in order to get the space where we could try it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And honestly, after trying out all these different solutions, like I think one-to-one spatial tracking is really cool once you get to try it out. And it's way yes. better than VR treadmills. VR treadmills where they're all right now are just so jank that mm-hmm. I don't think they're viable. <laughs> but I don't think that an at-home one-to-one spatial tracking is ever going to be very feasible. I think it is always going to be there is a dedicated space for people to come and try out one-to-one spatial tracking solutions, sort of like what Zero Latency had uh, when Jay and I were able to try that out. But for an at-home spatial one-to-one spatial tracking, I don't know if it's ever going to be feasible. There's just not enough space. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, you you think like you know, I want you want people to have a decent amount of space. Like I think some like eight by eight is great if you can manage eight by eight. That that's really nice because you can do all like crazy you know gestures if you're playing Blade and Sorcery with full body. You can even like jump kick and stuff, which I've done, (laughs) which is which is great. Um, But then you know, for me personally. I don't want to be traveling fast distances because, like I said, you know, I'm older and I'm going to be tired. You know, could you imagine actually walking the amount of walking you do in games like Skyrim? Like, I <laughs> but just, imagine I, how I, fit you'd be if you were able to do that, right? Imagine no. traversing all of Skyrim. You'd be in the best shape of your life. I'd be in bed at 8 p.m. because I'd be exhausted. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like. And like the whole thing, the concept with treadmills, I understand the idea you want to increase immersion, but I don't want to run that much. I go to the gym, I work out, I'm healthy. I don't, when I play games, I just, you know, I want to have fun, not, you know, increase my cardio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a thing. It's still, it's tough to separate gaming in that way too, you know, because it's like if someone says, hey, you want to go to the park and play Frisbee or you want to go play tag or something, I expect in my mind, hey, we're going to go do this, but we're also going to be physical. We're going to be running, you know, gonna, yeah. you don't think of gaming still as physical. So maybe if that bridge, you know, ever comes together and people are like, oh, gaming's a physical thing now, you use your real body, then you might say, oh yeah, I want to be able to do this and and it'll feel that way. But right now you think of gaming, I think of sitting on the couch, chilling, you know, controller in my hand playing something it's not something where i'm expecting to go get massively sweaty but it's it's getting there because when i think about playing beat saber multiplayer i'm like okay i'm gonna go get a workout i'm gonna get sweaty it's it's a slow bridge though because people have gamed a certain way for a long time yeah i mean so one of the things that makes vr like awesome is that physicality but i for people who've never experienced and they're getting into the first time you know i want them to be aware of that i kind of explain oh if you love first person shooters and you're going to try something like onward in vr what might end up happening is you know it's a little bit closer to like um paintball you know it's not quite there but if you played paintball it's not something you want to do every single day but you might want to play call of duty every single day Mm -hmm. so vr playing onward you know a lot of you know sidestepping crouching down and stuff it's not quite playing paintball but it's a little bit more physical than your typical just sitting on the couch and with a controller and, you know, yelling at 13-year-old kids. You know, it's a little bit different. <laughs> I think you're shooting the age range a little high there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to answer the question definitively, I think, yeah, there's some demand for one-to-one spatial tracking. I don't think it's going to be overly huge in the near future. And I think that if you're going to want to do it, you're, wanna, 
you're going to want to go somewhere that specializes because yeah, it's, it's hard to do at home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for our last question comes from Shafe Dog 247. He also asked a question, but we're going to cover that real quick in our news piece. So with that, let's just jump right into the news. You know, before we get into the news, we got to tell you about our sponsor for today's podcast, Asterian Products. You already know them thanks to their gorgeous Asterian Aura VR headset stand that we all talk about, we own and love. They've also just dropped a new product a VR floor mat called the Origin. It's currently the best priced VR floor mat you can get out there, but you can save a little extra on Amazon using the code FULLDIVE21, like the year FULLDIVE21. Get another 10% off it. Get yourself a mat that's going to help keep you in that 8x8 split space Mateo was talking about over here. <laughs> yeah, I want one. <laughs> you got you to gotta just just jump on in. We can, we, can, we can talk to him for you since you came on here. I'm sure we can work something out. <laughs> uh, Mateo... Are you excited about Resident Evil 4 VR? That's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> no, see, and I like anytime I get into this conversation, I'm like, ah, I'm going to get crucified. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I played Resident Evil 4 on like mm-hmm. GameCube and whatever other system it was on 20 years ago. So I, I've played it. And, you know, even if it's a title that I'm super nostalgic about, like, you know, we've seen a lot of other mods come like Half-Life and, and the Doom titles and Doom <laughs> 3 and uh, Wolfenstein, Return to the Castle Wolfenstein. So we've seen them come to VR and it's great and it's nostalgic, but it's an old game. It's a very, very old game and it's one I've played before. Now, Resident Evil 4 wasn't one of my favorites. Um, I remember playing Resident Evil 5 to death because it was co-op. And I was really hoping they did, you know, when rumors of Resident Evil were circling around, I was like, oh, please do five. (laughs) Um, But so, like, again, you know, I don't want to replay a 20 year old game. Yes, they've updated for VR. Yes, it's going to be cool to experience it, you know, from the new perspective. But it's also not like a looker, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's one of the things that always pulled me in originally for VR, how like immersive it was and like graphically intensive like even this world you know you guys looking at us we look like weird cartoon characters but when you're here and we walked in and i looked out you know this beautiful landscape and the reflective water in this house it's stunning and i don't think that's the experience i'm going to get for resident evil 4 you know, I I, re- I definitely respect the opinion. And oh yeah, those are some in, Biden words. I know how much mind, he's been looking forward to. Bear this. in <laughs> mind here, people who are out there listening, this is one of my favorite games of all time. So like, to me, to get to replay this in VR is like a dream come true. But for some of you out there who have only played, you know, Half Life, Alex, and The Walking Dead, like you're gonna get in this thing and be like, this does not look like what I'm used to. No. Uh, but we we finally got a release date, October 21st, which is actually my dad's birthday randomly. Uh, <laughs> I will not be playing this with him because it's not co-op. It's coming out, but it's only coming on the Quest 2. Whoa. Only the Quest 2. Absolutely yep. exclusive. And it's going <clears> to <throat> take up, we finally found out, it's going to take up about 8 gigs of storage. But if you, you're going to need about 12 gigs to get it installed. So you're going to need that much empty space. So those of you who have a Quest 264 gig are probably feeling a little bad. Uh I I'm I've been pumped and I can't wait but I did just we did just learn something that made me a little less excited one thing of there's a big part of the game where you're like trying to escape a house and Leon jumps out a window or does something like that whenever you do one of those kind of actions they did not redesign those little quick scenes for VR it's going to jump to a cinema screen and show him jump out the window. And then it's going to jump back to first person. Okay, that's probably for the best, though. Like, yeah. I can handle motion sickness like the best of us. But 
being propelled somersaulted through the air would probably not be best. <laughs> See, I, I was kind of I was kind of holding out hope they'd do like a stride thing and you could run and just actually hit a jump button and do it. Like oh. they would redesign the whole action instead of forcing you through the action. But they're gonna use those in cutscenes. The quick time events are gonna jump to cutscenes, which it makes sense for how quickly they're trying to make this a reality. But I was, you know, they said you're gonna be able to pick up and look at the gun models. You're gonna be able to have guns strapped to your chest now to quick grab them. And so I was hoping, you know, that'd be one more thing they would do for the VR side. And they're not. So, Adam, you're about to get a quest too. What do you think? Are you going to get this? Uh, so, knowing what I know about Resident Evil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing, right? I think that this Resident Evil 4 VR is going to be for people who already love Resident Evil and who've played it and who have an appreciation for it. And then they're going to be able to appreciate it again in VR in all of its glory. I don't think it's for someone like me who I've never really been a fan of it, Resident Evil or just that genre in general. And so I don't think this kind of game's for me. Well, I think there are some people in the middle. Like there are the nostalgic people that we have over here that love the game. They love anything Resident Evil. And this is a dream come true. Then there's other people who, you know, are only played Quest. They're probably a bit younger, never played these older Resident Evils. And they're kind of annoyed with, you know, uh, all the quest games are very shallow. They're, you know, two hours long. Um, there's no content. And now at least they're going to get a full game. That is so, true. So I think they'll like that too. And they'll be excited about that. But then you have a bunch of people, you know, in the middle who, you know, feel like me or other people are just going to be like, it looks like a Nintendo 64 game. This is <laughs> a joke. This is 2021. What are these graphics? So you're going to have those people in the middle. But I, I think it's going to do well. Well, you know, I really hope so. I hope that every game that comes to VR more or less does well. <laughs> I think it's got to do well. And I also, I look to games, though, like, uh, I don't know how much Quest games you play, but like, or PSVR games, but like Fract is a game that came out recently. And people said all oh, the only bad thing about it was it was too short, but like it uses cell shaded graphics. It's not trying yeah. to look graphically impressive. So I'm hoping if they did it right, that's the question. Did they do it right? Did Resident Evil 4 nail it in such a way that the art style is going to look right when you're in it? Or is it going to look old? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and and something I always tell people, you can't look at a flat screen trailer mm -hmm. and have any idea what it's going to look like in VR. Like, it generally looks 10 times better mm -hmm. than the trailer. That is true. Generally. Um, so, like, even if you look at things and they look kind of crappy, when you're in VR, the sense of depth, actually seeing an imposing creature in front of you makes a big difference. Yeah. That being said, though, I, I still don't know how nice this is going to look. Oh, get to pick up the gun and look at it. The 20 pixel gun. Uh, I mean, <laughs> now, now now I'm just, you know, now I'm just picking on it. But honestly, it, it it's not. Yes. Like you said, Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Uh, Adam, right. We got some other big news. I know last week on the podcast, we were all excited to hear about some new headsets for the first time in a long time. And there's already some more to talk about. What's, I what's know news on? just keeps coming and coming. Um, we had an insane round of information for like the last six months or so. There was just Oculus Quest 2 was the next big thing. And then we didn't get any news for like six months. We're finally getting some news. Check out our podcast last week if you want to hear about um, some Oculus Quest Pro rumors along with some other headsets. But this week we get some Valve Index wireless rumors and leaks. Uh, so there's always been data mining information. You know, people can go in and strip information of, 
from programming from lighthouses and steam source code and whatever. Um, and they're able to pull out some information on this project Deckard, which is Valve's wireless index prototype. Um, the lease suggests that it's not going to be standalone, but it is going to be fully wireless like the Quest. Mm. Um, it still is going to require a computer to do the bulk of its processing and then stream that data to it. Uh, sort of like the reverb. No, the reverb is wired. Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going to require external lighthouses for tracking is what it's looking like, and which has the potential to be incredibly cool. But considering you know, before you get too excited, right? Valve has a tendency to have mostly done projects that they kind of leave behind. <laughs> Half-Life 3, anyone? So do you think that this is just going to be a prototype that they're experimenting with this? Or is this going to be a fully-fledged product that will hit shelves soon? What do so, you guys think? I, I've i been following this information for a while. And actually, right before this started, us recording this, uh, sadly, it's Bradley who's been coming out with the biggest leaks on the Deckard right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he was live streaming and he was saying, I have more information to reveal. And there was a lot of people watching and he was going through, you know, his speculation, all the patents he's looked at. Uh, and, mo you know, I've read the patents, too. He definitely has found more information. He was the person who revealed, you know, the Deckard title. Mm -hmm. um, so there were some other revelations. Actually, he's seeing references to a new uh, Qualcomm chip in the headset itself. Ooh. Oh. And it's and it's one that it's not an XR2 because it's a 12 core chip. So, it looks like it might be one specially made for this headset. That's and, exciting. And he revealed the information of where it came from, uh how they got this information. Uh, I I recommend you guys go check out his live streamer's channel because one he deserves the credit. Uh but so they had a Steam OS 3 build that was uploaded because some people are getting the Steam decks now and mm -hmm. VR developers want to fool around. So they need either different firmware or drivers and stuff like that. And one of those uploads got leaked Oof. and they were able to pull some additional information <laughs> out of there. And that's I believe that's where he found the information on the, the uh, Qualcomm chip or he was calling it Qualcomm. Uh. <laughs> um, so, so one of the most interesting things is that if there's a chip that's specifically designed for this that really raises the probability of this going all the way to market because if they've gone through the trouble of getting a specially designed chip for this oh man it's like finishing stages type of thing <laughs> i i would say for sure something's coming uh he has enough information on like the uh vendor who's producing the new lens which would be a very focal lens for them uh, he has information on the micro uh, OLED displays that are being used. He had, he had a ton of information, and I don't definitely don't look into his stuff as deeply as he does because I don't have the time. But everything checks out with what I've come across, and you know, obviously that makes sense. He's doing you know the real legwork, uh, but that stuff checks out, and it looks like you know Steam is trying to do a. Um, split hybrid style uh, style of rendering, so they will have a chip inside the headset itself, but they still want this to be, you know, very much PC VR. So be that you know Y gig two streaming to the headset from your PC, or like something like a, um, a Steam Deck that actually something similar that plugs on the back of the headset. Wow! Because they they showed a whole bunch of different 
headset straps in their patents and they're bulky <laughs> in the back. So you kind of go, well, what is that? Is that a compute unit? What's going on? Um, and the Steam Deck has the potential to be that kind of, you know, x86 architecture, you know, uh, PCBR device. It's not mm-hmm. really strong enough, but give it a le- little extra time, combine it with split rendering and that Qual- Qualcomm chip that they're talking about. It's, it's doable. You get PCBR on the go, basically. Yeah. So that's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. I feel like it's funny because like some VR YouTubers had talked about like how October is always seems to be this huge month for their channels. It's like the month (laughs) out of the year that gets the most views. And apparently October is just the only time we get any news leading into holiday. Uh, I'm super curious and I'm interested. The fact that you talked about the straps, I am wondering, hearing that, is it possible they're just actually going to put a freaking counterweight in the back of the headset from the start? Because we haven't seen a developer do that since the PSVR. And people were ragging on them for how heavy it was. But then they found out there's a big counterweight in the back. And it's like every headset I've used since, I'm always like, this needs a counterweight. So maybe maybe they're going to think about that, think about the comfort for the people. And then I, I hope this comes out. I hope this is real because we need another option. And I kind of held out. Like I never got the index because it's like, well, I have a Rift S. I have a Quest 2. I have a PSVR. And it was like, Should, do I want to spend a thousand bucks when it's been yeah. years since this launched? Well, now. You just move your cam. Yep. Why? I didn't even know you could do that from this button. Hang on. <laughs> do, do, do. We'll just have the Please other stand technical by. difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck did this do? I accidentally touched some button and now it's. Uh, it's tracking to you. It's like in your location. It's in a mode that I didn't want it in. Got to unmode it. Unmode. Okay, I got to keep turning my chair now. I'm like turned almost 360 degrees now the wrong way. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, crap. This isn't going to work. Hang on, guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> no problem. problem. The joys oh. of VR. Yeah, this is this is just another normal day. Where did my outline go? Hey, Alexa, what time is it? The time is 4.04 4 p.m. Have a good evening. Thank you. <laughs> I know I could just hit the menu button, but now I don't even have to touch anything. <laughs> no, well, I didn't want to touch it just because things were freaking out earlier. No, I totally got it. Yeah. So yeah, same as I as we've just seen touching anything. All right. and well, up. Jay, so we're going to jump back into it. Jay, how about you finish up your thought and we'll move on to the next news piece. I'm just I'm just hoping this is all right and real, and then we can get some more headsets to market. Especially as Oculus just seems to have taken over everything, and we want yeah. some competition. Let's let's see it. Let's see it happen. <laughs> All right, but that's not the only piece of news. Speaking of competition for the Oculus, uh, we got some good <laughs> Oculus news coming up, don't we? Jay, how about you tell our listeners about it? Well, earlier, Shave Dog asked a question. He said, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond wasn't well-received at its original launch. Now that it's officially announced for the Quest 2, do you think that means they fixed what was broken? And does it excite you that you can get this game on Quest 2? But yeah, that's the news. Yay, you can get Medal of Honor for Quest 2 native. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some very disturbing news for Quest owners came out along with that. They're saying this thing is going to take up 40 to 45 gigabytes of space, potentially. Oof. So if you got a 64 gig with the OS already on there this might be one of the only games you can run on there uh Mateo did you play Medal of Honor above and beyond when it came out oh I have a lot to say (laughs) well help us out here because we we got the bad reviews before we even got a chance to play it so I never played it I think Adam might have I didn't (laughs) no so you gotta tell us was it as bad as the reviews claim okay so 
the first issue is, I, you know, I bought it on Steam. I'm running it with an RTX 3090, mm-hmm. and it is just not performing well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's funny is when it launched, the game said recommended uh, is a 2080 and required is a 2080. So everyone <laughs> went, what? Um, the problem is there was just something wrong with the game, probably not optimized for index and 120 hertz, but... I experimented with everything from 80 hertz to 120 and still performance was just wrong. It wasn't, it something was wrong. Something was just not rendering correctly. Hmm. Uh, so I had a ton of performance. Like I got performance. It didn't matter if I set it to graphics low or ultra high. Nothing changed. Wow. Performance <laughs> stayed the same. So I don't know if the, you know, RTX 3090 was too new at that time and it just, you know, didn't want to work with it. But there were plenty of other people on the Steam forums who were complaining. They have, you know, 9,900K CPUs, 64 gigs, gigabytes of RAM, 3090s, 3080s. Game runs like poop. Um, that being said, I tried to get through it. And I found the storyline, the pacing to be terrible. <laughs> uh, but I didn't get very far. I hear it gets a lot better. But I found the pacing to be really bad. Um and then like it like it was like, oh, you see a room, a big giant loading screen takes a minute and then you kill five guys and you got another loading screen. And you're like, Oof. what? What? Just, like, so the pacing was really off. There were some grabbing issues that people, you know, are having control issues. It does a weird thing where like when you drop a weapon, it kind of just floats back to your shoulder. <laughs> um, but in a, a weird way that it would throw you off, because like sometimes you'd want to like switch hands on your gun and your gun would just like float to your shoulder. <laughs> um so like a couple weird things like that, but I, I always wanted to revisit it, but the game started crashing on me and I use VR every day, probably an hour every single day. Nothing crashes on me except for like, you know, a random in development title here and there, uh, but nothing crashed. And that game started crashing on me while well, I was live streaming. So I was pissed. Yeah, which is unbelievable for a AAA title coming out for VR, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So then I had that. And then, you know, I went and I picked it up on uh, f- on the Oculus store, tested it on my older PC, which is running a 2080 Ti. And 2080 Ti Rift S ran perfect. Oof. But I said, I'm not playing this game on a Rift S. Right. I said, you know, I'm not doing it when I have the index and it wouldn't run right on the index. Um, with the other machine, I didn't really take my mach- index to the other because at this point, I was frustrated with the game I had yeah. enough and I wanted to play multiplayer, but within four days it was dead. Oof. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like you'd look at the steam servers and you got like 10 people on and just because oh. of how many problems you're having. So it sounds like they definitely had a lot of differing hardware problems, but if it's coming native to quest two, one of the nice things about the quest two is that you're not running on a computer and all the quest headsets are the same. Yeah. So it sounds like maybe if they have optimized it for quest two, if it would run flawlessly without any of the uh, performance problems you'd having, would you consider picking it up for the quest two? I'm going to be playing it for sure. <laughs> I'm going to be playing it for sure. I'm going to have some content coming out on it. Actually, I've known it's coming out for a few weeks now and I've been sitting on it, Ooh. Um, you know, keeping my mouth shut like a good little boy. But uh, so so I'm definitely going to play it. I'm definitely going to cover it. One of the things that actually was great in the game was the graphics. So now, uh, you know, those are going to be sacrificed because if you look at it, it does look like a Call of Duty 2 title. If you look at the trailers now. 
So that's, well, maybe not that bad, but it does look like it's, you know, it's a 10 year old Call of Duty game or, or even older. Um, but again, those graphics look very different in VR than when you're watching them on flat screen. So, uh, and I'll reserve my judgment till I play it. But I'm definitely going to jump in because I always want to jump in again. And people say what you're saying, it gets better. Um, and that file size, that tremendous file size, um, I think they'll end up splitting it for us so you can install multiplayer and single player. Oh, separate. that's an interesting idea. <clears throat> I think that's what they're going to have to do because a 45 gig install is just insane because the vast yeah. majority of people only have, you know, 64 gigabytes on their system. <laughs> So one interesting thing to note, <coughs> after I clear my throat, <laughs> so one interesting thing to note is that while this is cross-buy with the Oculus pla- within the Oculus platform, it is not cross-play. So some of those server problems and the, the lack of multiplayer that we were facing on Steam, there's going to be a ton of new players coming to this with the Quest 2, but it's not going to fix some of those multiplayer lobbies on the Steam side of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not realize it's not cross-play, so that's terrible. <laughs> that basically means the PC version is abandoned. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that dead. seems to be the case for a couple different games. Stride seems like it's going that route too. And uh, the Quest, honestly, is just its just so popular that it's leaving a lot of the other platforms out high and dry with developers. Yeah. Ugh, it hurts. I, I will say, though, as a Quest owner and someone who's not super into first-person shooters isn't super amazing at them, I'm kind of glad that at least at first it won't be cross-play because I wouldn't <laughs> want to go in with the people who have had this game for many months and played the crap out of it and just get wrecked first thing. But Well, to alleviate <laughs> that, I checked yesterday and it peaked at 18 players. <laughs> <laughs> I would end up in that one lobby with those 18 PC players. Yeah. But, but yeah, it sucks to see what's happening with with the whole Quest 2 kind of splitting the industry like this. Uh, I, I'll play the game. I, I was interested in it back then, but I had a 2070 in my PC, and I was like, I don't think it'll do it. And especially hearing what you said, there's no way it would have even It tried. actually probably would have ran better than mine. I oh, mean, yeah. It was, <laughs> there was just something off. There was just... It didn't like high-end machines. It was, it was very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. But I, I definitely will give it a try on Quest and see and hope that maybe, you know, you talk about the pacing wasn't great and stuff too. So that kind of worries me because if it was just hardware problems, I'd be like, okay, maybe this will be good. But yeah, I'm worried. But it's hardware just... and core like gameplay yeah. design problems. Those aren't going to be fixed with the Quest 2. Yeah, those issues won't be resolved. And one thing I found, like there was a big mis- mismatch between, like they have a documentary in the game. Mm-hmm. which is like a very true to life celebrate uh, the veterans world war two thing that they like won an Emmy for or something. Oh. Um, if that's the right award, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, uh, but then it contrasts with the game, which was more like playing inglorious bastards. <laughs> like it was like over the top personalities, like let's blow stuff up to oh, rail a Nazi train. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, uh, I'm stuck between two different worlds here. Yep, that sounds I'm, interesting. Take this I'm, somber look at it and then just jump fully into the deep yes. end and blow stuff up. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just frustrated that Respawn like didn't go Titanfall. That's oh, when that would have been amazing. When we heard Respawn was doing a game, I was just like, Titanfall, Titanfall, Titanfall. Because Titanfall 2 was a masterpiece in storytelling. Absolute masterpiece in storytelling. And not a lot of people played it. And it was phenomenal. And their multiplayer is great, too. And I think it, it just lends itself to VR. You know, being in a giant mech, we don't have enough of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Respawn, what are you doing to me? 
But uh, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, well, let's let's talk about some other games, Adam, because I know you've had some fun with uh, games working really well for you this week. Oh, boy, I have. But first, we got to talk to you about our sponsor, Asterian Products. So they offer high-quality universal VR headset stands, the Asterian Aura. It has amazing RGB lighting. It fits with any VR headset out on the market. And you can get $5 off any order $19.99 or more by using the code FULLDIVE on their website. Or you can save 10% on any Asterian purchase on Amazon with the code FULLDIVE21. But yeah, let's talk about some performance problems. Man, I tried to pick up Larsenauts earlier this week, and I was just having a really hard time with it. So I'm not able to... I watched a lot of gameplay video on it, but I wasn't able to fully participate in this game due to some weird problems. But let's talk about Larsenauts a little bit. It's like Overwatch meets VR. It really tried to put the Overwatch in sort of that gameplay loop and you're unlocking characters and loot boxes and skins and all sorts of things for those characters and put it into a VR context. Uh, Mateo, do you, have you spent a lot of time with Larsenauts? Yeah. So I had early access to Larsenauts. Uh, I was really excited. I definitely liked the title. I liked, you know, all the varying characters. I thought they were onto something. Uh, the one issue we saw, cause during playtesting, we noticed a lot of issues. Like uh, if you guys remember they had the gun tracking issue when you run and they eventually did the immersive pack or the immersive update. So like what would happen when you would start running is your hands would float out in front of you and do this. And it was just <laughs> disorienting and uh, immersion breaking and really frustrating. And they they fixed that before the game went live. However, due to you know how things work on Facebook, you can't push the patch until after the game's live like facebook locks you in this is your stable build okay Mm -hmm. this is your stable build uh this is what's going live our guys you know have vetted it and we know it's good uh after it's live blah 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 you can post some updates so they had to go live with this but another reason because i spoke to them was they were like well we don't want to make the immersive change default Mm -hmm. because it's not in our tutorial and mm-hmm. I was like, guys, screw it. Obviously, you know, they're like, well, our, our tutorial is fully voice acted. We're going to bring the voice actor back. And I'm like, just, you know, set it by default. And honestly, it's just better. Yeah. Um, but even worse, their Steam launch was broke. Mm-hmm. Their Steam launch was fully broken, unplayable. Oof. It was unplayable. If you got in, your screen would do this, like just freak out. And like you couldn't grip stuff. So like the <sighs> controller kept like flying out of your hand. So it was a bad combination. It was a bad launch. But uh, honestly, it's a great game. Uh, they made up for those mistakes. And it's, it's yeah, I enjoy it. It's a quality title. Yeah, so it, it's besides some of the weird tech problems that I was having that uh, were fully on my end because the game is in a good spot nowadays. It seems very much like they tried to capture the appeal of Overwatch, even with loot boxes, which is something that hasn't necessarily made a um, a big impact in the VR industry so far. Uh, and I thought it was an interesting idea. So sort of talking about that gameplay loop from something like a traditional Overwatch where you're playing and you're grinding out loot boxes and skins for your characters. Does that gameplay loop work for a VR title? I would say, yeah. I mean, it had that same level of addictiveness. You want to go in there, you want to play a few rounds. You might have your dailies that you want to complete. 
Uh, it worked for me. The only thing that stopped me from playing is I'm always jumping to new content, trying to follow new stuff. And I went on vacation for like two weeks. So when I came <laughs> back, like I got just like wrecked in my first game. And I'm like, oh, what's new? Let me see what's new and I'll play that. And I haven't really been back to Larsenauts in a while. But it is, it's a, it's a great title. I enjoyed sure. it a lot. Sure. Jay, what do you think about the title? Well, I had high hopes for this because this was by, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mateo, but I'm pretty sure this was by Impulse Gear. Got it. Uh, same studio who made Farpoint on PSVR, one of my favorite PSVR titles ever. Fantastic game. So I was so excited to see what this had to offer. And the, the issues you talk about them having is kind of funny because in PSVR, you had an aim control in your hands. Your hands were always locked to this. So they didn't have to worry about, like, what do you do with your hands when you're running? You know, they, they kind of ran to all these noob mistakes of thinking, oh, your hands should be moving when they first <laughs> developed this game. Uh, I got in, and the funny thing about me, I don't play any games like this. I don't care for games that you grind and that have daily challenges. That's my brother. He played like 10,000 hours of Warframe. Uh, but me, I don't play those kind of games. And this game still had appeal to me the second I got in yeah. because the teamwork that was involved. You know, this is not a game where you can pick any character and go fight the whole other team and beat them all. You know, you've got hero. I think it's called a hero shooter is what this basically is. Yes. You've got. You know, you need to have a medic on your team. That medic needs to stay with your strongest characters to help keep them strong to fight off the other enemies. And the fact that you like you each played a pivotal role really felt like a real teamwork to me instead of games like Call of Duty, where one person can be off destroying the whole other team on their own. I really like that about this game. I still haven't played a ton of it. I've probably played less than 10 hours total. Uh, but I've unlocked some of the other characters. I got to try some of them out. And it is a really cool game. I would never go in looking for dailies and stuff, but I would still play this if I had a tight group of friends that played it often just to play it and enjoy it with them. So I, I really like that. And I like that the uh, the main voice actor, I can't think of her name. Uh, she's someone you would recognize from, you know, TV shows and other things. And it's really funny to hear her in there talking. So they put some real money and effort into this game. I just wish it had launched ready because that kind of just screwed the game up really bad early. And now I think people have kind of written it off. Yeah, but it sounds like the game is certainly at that point now. But one of the interesting questions that comes from this game, because this is a fully online title, there's no single player campaign, you jump in and bam, you're going to launch right into multiplayer. I know that earlier, especially, for example, like the um, Medal of Honor game, the multiplayer servers were basically dead on arrival. Is VR getting to the point, though, where it can sustain some of these multiplayer only titles? It's a good question. Uh, you know, they've been working hard on that for a while. Um, when it comes to PC VR, it's pretty much just like the original ones. The original ones stuck, you know, like just <laughs> yeah, the grassroots type of thing. And now, yeah, like if you look at Pavlov, <clears throat> it's always jumping. Pavlov is always jumping. Is it the best shooter out there? You can argue no, but it's always jumping. Population one has slowed down on PC. Uh, but yeah, but population one is definitely surviving. Uh, Pavlov for sure. So, uh, you know, it's not like um, Solaris off-world combat died. Right. I, I think if you come in strong enough, you know, good concept, good game. Yeah, you can do this. Yeah, well, large awesome. thoughts when I got in, uh, I was with randos because I only got in with a few people from my community and it they, it filled up just fine. I mean, we didn't have any problems with that. So yeah. there's still people who saw the potential and stuck with it. And I think about like Pop One, I feel like that's more of a quest game, really. So like it's probably doing very well in the quest community. Pavlov <laughs> yeah. will never die. I think mostly because it's a meme generator at this point more than even <laughs> an actual game. Pavlov you know? is too big to fail now. You know, like there's, <laughs> there's so many people in it and that's what draws more people to it. <laughs> and then between the workshop and the constant updates, and 
you know, I, I, it's the developer, uh, Dave Vils, uh, super smart guy, super passionate. Anytime I randomly send him a question, he responds, which Oof. I can't believe. Uh, it's not like he knows me, knows I'm a YouTuber. At least I don't think so. Um, it's, it, I just like sent him a random message one day, like showing my appreciation for the title. And he responded. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then we had a little conversation. Oh, and that's from, wild. Yeah. And from like then on, he like he responds. I try not to bother him. But like <laughs> I've even asked him like, hey, what's coming down the pipe? And he'll answer. Oh, like, you know, crazy. Oh, I'm going to need to jump back into Pavlov now. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just had uh, update 27. Yeah. So, yes, I think these games can survive. Like Hyperdash also does really well. I love Hyperdash. So multiplayer only shooters. Yeah, they have a space now. They For just sure. have to be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to have yes. something special about them that makes them what people want to play. Solaris had no content. That was yeah. the issue. Don't when screw started, up and you'll do well. <laughs> yeah. When it started, I, I actually really liked Solaris, but there was no content and no reason to keep coming back. Well, and that's another, it's an interesting concept and we may get too far on a tangent here, so I'll cut it off quick, but it's an interesting concept when you see a PSVR developer, like First Contact Entertainment that made, uh, mm-hmm. that made the P- the biggest PSVR, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name, Firewall the biggest, Zero, Firewall Zero, the biggest shooter on there. And they didn't add much content, but that you can get away with that on PSVR because there's such a limited selection of games like that, that people kept getting the game and kept playing it. And then they come to PC and they go, oh, I don't have... They, they try this with Solaris, and it just fails because they didn't do enough. They didn't keep up the hype. So yeah. it's interesting to see Larsnot's kind of had some of the same growing pains of switching from PSVR to everything. And it looks like they've gotten past it, at least. So Yeah, it's funny you say that, because like Impulse Gear was like, well, what do you guys recommend? How do we solve the running issue? Because mm-hmm. we don't want people running and shooting. And we're like, every other game already does it. You got to point the gun down. Yep. And when you point the gun down, you can run. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, and, and it, like you said, because, you know, they probably focused as primarily, you know, PlayStation VR mm-hmm. and kind of didn't have that, you know, issue. Because every PlayStation VR game, your hands were floating. Like, you know, you didn't have the same type of hand tracking. So, yeah, it's I guess it's just growing pains or learning curves. Yeah, it's a swap. Well, Mateo, it's been absolutely amazing. People are going to hear this, and they're going to be like, if they haven't heard of you by now, they're going to be like, where do I find this guy? Where do I get to listen to him? So tell everybody where to find you. Uh, I'm on YouTube. So it's YouTube.com slash GamingWithMateo311. I have one of those old school links. People have <laughs> links, links with numbers and stuff because I'm old. Uh, but yeah, no, that's me. Uh, you'll find me there. And I'm doing uh, weekly news on Monday, and I talk about uh games you know whenever there's a new release I, I don't cover too many games but if i see something interesting i try to jump on it and then i do a lot of opinion pieces where i think the uh you know vr is going or uh, do i like this decision that facebook made or whatever the case may be so hopefully it entertains you guys yeah all right well it's been incredible to have you on and of course we'll have the links to all of your content in the show notes you can find all the links there um but if you want a little bit more feel free to come and join our Discord server. We have chats there about VR with our fans all the time. You can ask us Q&A questions and you can provide suggestions as to what games we try out and what news pieces we talk about next. You can become a direct supporter of this podcast on Patreon, get priority on our QA questions. If you're listening to the podcast, consider checking out the YouTube channel where you can see us moving and interacting in our virtual space. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, consider taking us on the go with us on any audio platform out there. 
So, but as always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to dive on in. Dive on in.